Welcome to Something Like It Pops List of Palooza, Episode 6. I'm Matt Tamanini, and as always, I'm joined by Jennifer McHugh. Jen, are you ready to count things? Always. All right, you can follow Jen on Twitter at EpineQ. That's E-P-O-N-I-N-E-Q, and you can follow me at B-W-W-M-A-T-T. You can find all episodes of Something Like It Pop, including List of Paloozas and special mini-episodes on BroadwayWorld.com, as well as on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. So... Please subscribe so that you can get every episode of Some Like It Pop as soon as it's available, and then share the sheer, all-encompassing joy that is Some Like It Pop with everyone that you know. Okay, Jen, after counting our top ten favorite current TV dramas on our last list of Palooza, we are turning our attention to current TV comedies. I mentioned last time that since I watch and love so many great TV dramas, that it was really hard for me to pare it down to just ten. This time, still really difficult, but because I don't really watch a whole lot of comedies, it was tough for me to get 10 that I really felt passionate about. So, my list might not be the most exciting because I'm not as passionate about some of them as I think you are going to be. But last time, we agreed a lot. We had a lot of overlap and had, for the first time in Listapalooza history, the same number one. I already know where that's not going to happen because you've told us what your favorite comedy is so many times that if there are any eagle-eared listeners they know but i'll be interested to see how much you hate my list and how much you mock me for it (laughs) conversely Uh, i couldn't get it below 20 that's not a surprise and leaving shows off that i adore it was like sophie's choice yeah it pains your heart as titus Andromedon would say, it's like Sophie's choice without strip chewing the scenery like a rat on drywall. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Titus Burgess. Oh, Titus. All right, so here's how this works. I will count down my 10 through 6 favorite current TV comedies. Jen will do the same, and then we'll alternate back and forth 5 through 1. After we're done, Jen will tell us what we're counting down on the next list of Palooza. All right, Jen, I will start us off. My number 10 favorite comedy Currently on television, and this will show you how few comedies I actually watch on a regular basis, is NBC's Superstore. Oh my god. Followed by number nine, a show that might not get a third season, but it has not been canceled as of yet, is ABC's Gallivant. Number eight is a show that I've only recently gotten into, and I'm still catching up on the first season, even though the third season I think just ended. That is Comedy Central's Broad City. Number seven is... A show that, shockingly, both Jen and I like, and that is CBS's The Big Bang Theory. And number six on my list, I'm I'm really surprised that it's this low. I thought it would be much higher. But a show we talked about last week on Some Like It Pop is Comedy Central's Inside Amy Schumer. Jen, first off, before we get to yours, how much do you hate my 10 through 6? I the fact that you put on Superstore just speaks volumes but whatever I, I know this isn't your thing so I, I applaud your efforts you can't not love america ferrera i didn't say i didn't but i know yeah. i'm just saying that's my justification <laughs> for this show okay all right what do you have 10 through 6 i'm guessing i've watched one of them that's just my guess i disagree i think you watch at least three okay good go for it number 10 i have abc's blackish number nine of hbo's silicon valley Number eight, in last week's episode, we raved about Netflix's unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Number seven, I have the Canadian big hit, Schitt's Creek. And number six, I have Fox's Last Man on Earth. 
Okay, there were two. Uh, I I don't watch Blackish. Uh, oh, I'll catch I special. I catch episodes like that special one they did about about criminal justice in the African American community, but I don't watch it regularly. But you were right. I had Kimmy Schmidt and Last Man on Earth. So yeah, very good. You pay attention, which <laughs> I don't think you actually do, but that's fine. Okay, so number five on my list is a show we have talked about before. I think it is a brilliant show. Not only in the jokes and the humor, but in the sight gags, which haven't been done on TV since the days of Police Squad. And that is Steve and Nancy Carell's Angie Tribeca. This is a show that debuted in the most ridiculous way possible. They aired the entire season for 25 straight hours on TBS. And it had then went and ran all the episodes like a normal show. It stars Rashida Jones. She is she is a 10-year veteran of the Los Angeles Police Department's elite RHCU, the really heinous crimes unit. We we are, Jen and I, you, we are both suckers for well-named characters. Her partner is Jay Giles. Um, <laughs> another officer in the precinct is DJ Tanner. And it's got a great cast, including a dog. Um, it's just weird, it's goofy, it's funny, and it's it's one of those shows, as we talked about last week with Kimmy Schmidt, you can't take your eyes off if you want to get the full scope of the show. I love Rashida Jones, I, I'm glad to see her leading a show, because she's been funny in everything she's done. Um, I mean, granted, she came into her career having like a billion dollars behind her, but whatever, she's still great. Um, so my number five is TBS's Angie Tribeca. She also grew up on the set of Twin Peaks, so I love her immediately. <laughs> yeah, when you've got when you've got parents who you know kind of rule the world, um, you know it happens. But her mom is Peggy Lipton. Her dad is some guy who does something in music named Quincy Jones. She came up in a charmed life. I love that show too, but it did not make my list. <sighs> All right, all right. Number number five on your list, Jen. What you got? Uh, Netflix's Master of None. Mm, right, we talked about that one, yeah. Um, this is Aziz Ansari's uh, comedy about, basically, based on his life in New York City as an Indian-American gentleman. He was born in, in America, but his parents were Indian immigrants in South Carolina. And his parents on the show are played by his real-life parents, which is just adorable. But I just thought it was a refreshing comedy. I love Aziz Ansari. I think he's a really, really intelligent writer. And I was pleasantly surprised at the show on Netflix. And as I did for my top five, I grabbed one of my favorite lines for from this show of the season and his friend um, who's obsessed with TV, so I feel a kinship with him. <laughs> they were all watching Sherlock together, and he, he exclaimed to the group in the room, dudes, can we please not talk during the show? Respect my cumberbatch. <laughs> so that's just indicative of the kind of um, – comedy that i like <laughs> respect my <laughs> but it only has one season so it should come back probably later this year i think it was last yeah. year that it debuted yeah so i'm looking forward to that number five jen i'm going to give you a trigger warning here this is a show that i know you're going to be incredibly angry with me for me uh for me including but i laugh more on this show out loud than really anything else that I watch. And that is, oh God, please don't yell. It's going to be undateable, isn't it? It is NBC's undateable. Ugh, I knew I, it. I was expecting it. When we said this list, I was like, and now we're going to have to talk about freaking undateable again. But, you know, go ahead. This is a show that I did not watch the first season. I did not watch the second season until the season finale 
when they did an entire hour episode live. The third season, when it got picked up for a third season, was entirely live. And that was enough to get me interested because no one does that on TV anymore. There is nothing other than news that's live, and often that's taped uh, at least to certain segments ahead of time. They did two versions of the episode live every week, one for the East Coast, one for the West Coast. And the plot of this show is basically, it's a bunch of people who work at a bar or hang out at this bar. It is the Black Eyes Bar, which often gets mispronounced Black Guys Bar. But it's just a bunch of friends hanging out, and the show is undateable because they've all got baggage, and they're in their mid-30s, and they they don't feel like they're actually dateable. Of course, it's a lot about their love lives. But what the show became when it was live was trying to get each other to crack and to make fun of the actors as much as the actual characters themselves. They would talk about Chris D'Elia and Brent Morin are the stars. They would make fun of each other's Netflix specials. Or Bridget Mendler is one of the characters in the second and third seasons. She is a former Disney Channel star. They make fun of that fact all the time. It's it's just funny. You never know what you're going to get with that. And half of the fun of watching this show is following along on Twitter or Instagram or Periscope during the episodes because they will often have their cameras on and running while the show is being aired. They'll show things from different angles. They'll have stuff during the commercial breaks. Is it brilliant? No. Is it a great comedy? No. But it still makes me laugh a lot. And that, at its heart, is what comedies are supposed to do. Well... I don't like it, but <laughs> at the end of the day, if it makes you laugh, then it's doing its job. And I'm all for you laughing because you don't do it enough. Whatever. If you go back and listen to these shows and then Today on Broadway, which is the daily podcast I do, I laugh so much in those episodes, I'm tired of hearing my own laugh. Okay. I am, you know, keep keep at it. <laughs> okay. All right. What do you have as number four on your list? I'm pretty pretty <laughs> confident it's not undateable. I'm pretty confident the the last four on my list you have no interest in, but number four is Fox slash Hulu's The Mindy Project. I love Mindy Kaling with all my heart. I like seeing someone like her on TV because you don't see a lot of Indian women who aren't a size two anywhere. And it's about her love life, and it's really interesting. It's not – it's almost a parody of itself, but it's – it's just really smart and really well-written. My line I chose from this show was, I am not overweight. I fluctuate between chubby and curvy. Um, she's basically a gynecologist. She works in an office filled with men and is always trying to prove her worth, but clearly she's the smartest person there. And we just get a look at her dating life and what it's like to be an Indian woman in New York City. I didn't realize there was an Indian theme in my top five, but so far there is. Um, but she's just great, and she, much like the comedies I enjoy, she has all these little pop culture references and all these little background gags. And I have to give the biggest shout-out to my favorite character, played by Ike Barinholtz, and his name is Morgan Chukers, who is an ex-con who is now a nurse and a dog obsessor. In the most recent episode, he located Seth Meyers' lost dog and spent the entire episode kissing it until it re- he returned it to him. And it's just that's just creepy. good, good, silly fun, and it makes me laugh out loud every time I watch it. All right, good. Yeah, you're right. I've never seen an episode of 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 the Mindy Project, but I do like Mindy Kaling as a person and as a performer. But never got into this one. But good. I'm glad. All right, number three. I'm going to stay on the same, at least quasi, because it's actually on Hulu now. But I'm going to stick with Fox. 
This is a comedy that, Jen, it's on my list because of you. What? You recommended that I watch The Grinder. Wow, I'm so flattered. And I love this show so much. It, It is about a former TV actor who played a lawyer named Mitchard Grinder because when they were developing the character he didn't know Mitch was short for Mitchell played by Rob Lowe who is always fantastic he gives up his career he doesn't he doesn't want to be an actor anymore he moves back to Boise where his dad and his brother have their own actual law firm they're both lawyers and he decides that his years as a TV lawyer makes him experienced enough to be a lawyer in real life it's great. It's so smart. It's such a fun show. The, the characters are great. Not only is it Rob Lowe, his brother's played by Fred Savage. Their dad is played by William Devane. Mary Elizabeth Ellis is is Fred Savage's character's wife, Debbie. Um, Natalie Morales, who plays Claire, another lawyer at the firm who Dean really wants to have a will-they-won't-they they thing with, and she just doesn't care. Their kids, which I know you are obsessed with their I'm kids on the show. Obsessed with their kids on the show. Todd, played by Steve Little. It's just, everything about the show is great, and it's so smart. The, the last episode that I saw, I haven't seen this past week's episode, but a couple weeks ago they did an episode on focus groups. And it was just one of those things where they, they're they talking about whatever their story is, but they're also talking about the TV industry in general. And it's so smart. And they talked about how the focus group that they, that was helping them on a case talked about how much they liked Natalie Morales's character and how much they wanted to see more of her. Cause she's so, she's so dry and she's so funny and her one-liners are great, which I have a feeling came directly from an actual focus group on the show. <laughs> um, it's a brilliant show. I love it. It has not yet been renewed for season two. It doesn't get great ratings, but it gets good ratings. So I'm really hoping we see more of the, Sanderson and Yao team. I love the grinder. I, as you said, I'm obsessed with his kids. I think they're they're fantastic. Between these kids and the kids on Blackish, like there's some yeah. really good talent coming up through Hollywood. But Fred Savage makes me laugh out loud at, on this show. His frustration at being the overshadowed little brother, like I just get that so much, <laughs> and I, I love it. I'm so glad that you love it. Yeah, being an older brother, I don't know how that feels, but from the beginning, I told you I loved the relationship between Stuart and Debbie, the the married couple, Fred Savage and Mary Elizabeth Ellis. That is just, they placate each other and they patronize each other in such a loving way. It feels like a relationship that you would want to have, but it's still funny enough to be on a sitcom. So I really enjoy them, and and, uh, so I appreciate this, Jen. I bow to your comedic expertise, even though it often doesn't align with my my sensibilities, but in this case, it really did. Yeah, this is literally like one out of 15 I've said you should <laughs> check out, so I don't know if I'm doing that well. But you were right on this one. Okay. All right, so what do you have as number three on your list? All right, well, I'm going to move away from the Indian American sitcoms <laughs> and go to whiter than white American sitcoms, and that would be my recently discovered The Goldbergs on ABC. Oh, wow, yeah. Um, people have been telling me to watch this for years, and I just never did, and a few weeks ago, I wasn't feeling well, and I sat down and binged it, and oh, dear God, have, did I laugh. Set in the <laughs> 80s, it's just about a family in suburban Philadelphia, and these kids nail the Philadelphia accent. I don't know how they do it so well. But the great part about it is is it's based on the creator's actual childhood. And mm-hmm. he will form an episode and at the very end show actual footage that he shot when he was a little kid and had a video camera. 
And it's so clever and so well done and such a great nostalgia show. The things they focus on that just – they did an entire episode about the Noid. Do you remember the Noid? Oh, yeah, from, from Domino's. Domino's, yeah. A- it's like, avoid oh the God. Noid. Yeah. And it just makes me laugh. The line I pulled from this one was Barry, who's the middle brother, who is just out of control, said, this is the worst birthday ever. The only one that ever understands me is Flavor Flav. And he (laughs) is just this white boy who tries to play hockey, and he only identifies with rappers who, in the middle 80s, nobody did. (laughs) And um, I just love it. It makes me laugh out loud every week, and I love this show is one of those that's kind of grown in critical appeal. One that just kind of looked like one of those, eh, whatever shows uh, when it first started, but has really kind of developed a cult following. And uh, uh, Wendy McClendon Covey, who plays she's the mom, so great. she's great in everything. So And Jeff Garland uh, plays the dad, and um, George Seagal plays the, the grandfather. He's one of those guys that seems to have been on every sitcom <laughs> yeah. ever. Yeah. Like like I remember him like on Just Shoot Me in the nineties <laughs> and two thousands and uh it also has AJ Machalka, the sister of Ali Machalka, who plays Peyton Livmore's roommate on iZombie, so we've always got to get an iZombie plug in there. <laughs> but all right, good. I'm glad. I'm glad you what's interesting is is oftentimes, Jen, I don't associate network sitcoms with what you like because you often like a lot of the cable stuff that's a which little Which is valid. <laughs> yeah, which is not edgier, I don't think is what I would say, but it's a little little less commercial. So it's interesting to see one this high on your list. I appreciate that. Okay. All right. Number two on my list is one that has already appeared on your list. Believe it or not. Okay. Now this is one. Okay. Now, Jen, this is tough for me because <laughs> I I have two that I don't know which one I want to put first. They are very different shows, but very um, but shows that I love a lot for very different reasons. But you know what I'm going to do? We talked about one of these last week on Some Like It Pop. So since we already talked about that, I'm not going to give it my number one slot. Number two on my list is Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Um, We mentioned it last week with the second season premiere. It's a show that is goofy and crazy, but also really intelligent, both in its comedic storytelling, but um, but also in some of the points that it wants to make. It's a show that plays with and on tropes and cliches and stereotypes getting the most humor out of them possible but also turning its eye on them and making fun of them at the exact same time uh, I, I really enjoy Kimmy Schmidt I'm excited to finish this second season and I really came into this list Jen thinking this was going to be my number one but I've changed my mind Ugh. Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt as Twist. as much as I love it, <laughs> it we have a surprise ending M. Night, Shyam- <laughs> M. Night Shyamalan is doing my list we have a surprise ending and Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt is number two, and I know we've talked about it a lot in the last week or so, and uh, it's on your list, but I do love it. It's just, it's number two. Well, I'm certainly not going to argue with you for that. No? All right, what do you have as number two? Well, believe it or not, another network show. I don't know if you wow. know how much I love this show, because I don't talk about it very often, but my number two is Fox's Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I knew you enjoyed it, but I didn't know it was that high. It is. Um... I wasn't expecting to fall in love with this show as much as I did, but they really found their stride. And this cast of characters is, there isn't a weak one among them. And for me, the star is Andre Brower, who is as Lieutenant always, yeah. Holt. And you've always kind of seen him in these very straight-laced dramas. And he's kind of playing the same thing, but in a comedic <laughs> way. And it's amazing. 
And Andy Stamberg is obviously the star, but there's also Terry Crews and um, Stephanie Beatriz and uh, Joe Latrulio, famous from the state and all the improv, you know, or what was that, um, mm-hmm. Reno 911, he was on that, wasn't he? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, but it's basically just, you know, hijinks in a police station in Brooklyn, you know, old style. And the writing is just so good. And my favorite Lieutenant Holt line was, huh. I'm a poet, and I hadn't even realized I rhymed. <laughs> <laughs> That's really good. Well, you mentioned you mentioned pretty much everybody except for the one person that I was really Chelsea Peretti. No, I was really surprised when I saw the casting for the show before it was even before it even aired. And that was Melissa Fumero, who I knew because I was an avid ABC soap opera watcher, and she played Adriana on on one life to live for a long time. And I was like, huh, it's really odd that she is now in a sitcom and she actually married her former one life to live co-star, um, which is where her last name Fumero comes from. But it was, it was surprising. And I know she's not, I mean, she's kind of the straight man on the show. She's not like the really super funny stuff that Chelsea Peretti gets or even Andy Samberg or, or Joe Lo Trulio. But it, you know, I was kind of surprised that she was on this show, and it seems like she did a pretty good job, right? She does, and she's kind of um, growing into more of those comedic moments. She, she and Andy's camp, Andy Samberg's character are together now, and she's also obsessed with being the teacher's pet. So she always wants to <laughs> impress Lieutenant Holt, and she always wants to get his praise, which he refuses to give. So she has that whole bit going, and it's always, always humorous. But I love Brooklyn Nine-Nine. It just had its season finale last week and had kind of a surprise cliffhanger. So I'm very excited that it, it's already been renewed. Okay. I'm going to take you on a little bit of a, of a path here, Jen. But I promise you it will pay off when I get there. Okay. Okay. Melissa Fumero, she married her co-star, David Fumero, who played Christian Vega on One Life to Live. Christian Vega, his first true love on the show was Jessica Buchanan. But after his romance with Jessica Buchanan kind of went away, he moved on to a serious hot love affair for a couple years with a character named Evangeline Williamson. And eventually, I think they might have even gotten married at some point. But Evangeline Williamson was played by someone you might know, and that is Renee Elise Goldsberry. Oh. So a little Hamilton a little Hamilton payoff there for you. But, so that's where I know Renee Elise Goldsberry from. Even before she did the the final cast of Rent, I knew her from One Life to Live. So, wow, I didn't know you were an yeah, ABC soap fan. Uh, yeah, we can get into that at some point. Yeah, we'll point, have to have but, a General Hospital special app sometime. Uh, oh, my God. Are you a GH fan, too? Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Jen, we've been doing this show since September, and we've never talked about the fact that we both watch the same soap. I know. Craziness. Okay. All right. So, Jen, that brings me back to my number one, which I thought was Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. It is not. I have changed it. Last minute. Can I guess? Substitution. Do you want to guess? I will guess. Okay. What do you think it is? Last Man on Earth. It is The Last Man on Earth. Another show that, even though you didn't recommend it, I know I think you are were very surprised when I said how much I liked this I show. I was, yes. Because it is not in my wheelhouse. Kimmy Schmidt is in my wheelhouse. Kind of like Angie Tribeca, where I like the... The, the goofy, kind of intelligent, sight gag humor stuff. The Last Man on Earth is the definition of awkward humor, mm-hmm. which I do not like 
<laughs> it makes me, well, very uncomfortable and very awkward. But the concept of this show hooked me from the beginning. When you tell me this show is about the last man on Earth, and it's going to be about how he survives as the last man on Earth, obviously that's not what it ended up being. But for the whole pilot episode until like the last 10 seconds, he's the only character that you see. I mean, it's incredible what Will Forte does in that pilot episode to get you really interested because he does what I would do. Mm -hmm. He blows things up. He goes and does whatever he wants. He breaks into places, eat whatever he wants. He gets, I think it is the tank in the first episode or is it later? But I mean, he just does all these great things. And then as Kristen Shaw joins the show, she's one of the funniest people on TV dating back to the daily show. You start adding people in like January Jones and Mary Steenburgen. And it's just, so odd and uncomfortable and so weird that you can't help but get wrapped up in it. And then you get Jason Sudeikis, who's back on the show now as as Will Forte's astronaut brother. It's so bizarre and so funny and does so many weird things that are unlike anything you see on TV. So I admire the show because it makes me laugh, because it makes me cringe, and because you really have no idea where it's going. You can have a whole episode about bedazzling boots or building baby furniture, or talking to volleyballs. It's it's so bizarre that you have to love this show. So I guess The Last Man on Earth is my favorite current TV comedy. I'm so impressed. I mean, I love this show. Like you said in the first episode, like of course he went to Chicago and got Michael Jordan's jersey. <laughs> of course he went to D.C. and got the Constitution. Like, it's just, yes, of course you would do that. And, um... It is so awkward, but Will Forte is so underrated as an actor. He's yeah. He just runs the gamut of talent. I love that guy. You talk about him being underrated as an actor. He was in a, it was a small indie film that ended up getting a lot of critical praise a couple of years ago called Nebraska. Uh, I think it was even, yeah, I think it was a nominated for Best Picture. Mm-hmm. And he was great in that movie playing the the much maligned son of Bruce Dern's character, Bruce Dern and June Squibb. It's just he just plays this this beat up guy, and you see so much incredible depth and nuance from him as an actor that you don't see on Saturday Night Live, but you do see some of it on The Last Man on Earth because he is such a weird character. And I honestly, if I knew Tandy in real life, there I would do everything I could to avoid the hell out of that guy. <laughs> But he's so much fun to watch. It makes my skin crawl, but he's really, really funny with this show. He is great. And we also have to mention Christian Shaw on Flight of the Concords. She was such a great character on that show. Right, yeah, I was totally going to mention that. Yeah. You didn't watch that? <laughs> no. Oh, come on. Sorry. Oh, well. All right, Jen, you guessed mine. I don't even feel like I even need to. I like... I won't even lower myself to even utter the words that are your number one or the word because it's just one word. You've mentioned this so many times that we all know that your favorite comedy, I I think, we all know that your favorite comedy on TV is HBO's Veep, right? That is correct. Nice. We got, we (laughs) guessed each other. It's very good. Yeah. I, um, there's nothing I can say about Veep, really. It's just brilliant. <laughs> I tried. I was trying to pull a quote from this, and I couldn't find a PG-rated one. <laughs> so I, you know, it doesn't have to be PG. This is a podcast. You can say whatever. Yes, the... but they are filthy. So this is the best I could do. Was um, if men could get pregnant, you could get an abortion at an ATM. 
Um, <laughs> true. That's it, probably really true. I mean, it's obviously it's this filthy comedy about DC and she's the vice president. And now she's the president in the middle of an election where it's tied and she'll probably be the veep again. But her support, Julia Louis-Dreyfus needs no more accolades. She's genius. She's won an Emmy for every role she's had on TV. Did you know that? Seinfeld, Dean, and this one? Yeah, Save Saturday Night Live. I mean, her, um, like, driven comedy. Character, yeah. yeah. She's yeah. a genius. But the people surrounding her, oh, my God. Um, Tony Hale, he, what, what can you say about him? He, if you watch Deep and watch him, it would still be the funniest show to me. He is a genius. And just people are always saying that this is more like DC than the West Wing or House of Cards, and it's truly frightening. But um, it premieres, when, when this drops, it will have just premiered and... I'm so excited to have it back. It's just a whole new level of how to swear at people. <laughs> okay. All right. I'll take that. All right. <laughs> and again, like as we were saying, we, we put a lot of parameters on this, keeping it to half hour sitcoms. And we've all professed our love for Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. And I love Shameless. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. We, and you love Full Frontal. And all yeah. Of, it's just this is what we came up with for this. Yeah. Episode. And that's one I do think I want to mention because on our last list of Palooza, we talked about how we were just going to stick – to half an hour shows. And I don't think what was communicated as well is that it's half an hour sitcoms. We did not talk about <laughs> like, you love daily show. I love full frontal and we both love last week tonight. And I love at midnight. Those, those are half an hour shows that are really funny, but really didn't fit in this list. Maybe at some point we'll do, I don't even know what to call those shows, news variety comedy shows. Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll do that at some point, but they just didn't really feel like they fit in this list. So this was more, Specifically, this was specifically about scripted situation comedies. Right. Okay. So, we've done two theater. We've done two movies. Now we've done two TV Listapaloozas. Jen, <laughs> where are you taking us with Listapalooza Episode 7? Well, I'm going to round out the TV category for one more week. Okay. Because um, I was thinking about this last week and I thought it would be an interesting list. And I like to challenge you, so... Drama or comedy of all time, I would like to know what your favorite, 10 favorite greatest season finales are. What the F and H, Cotton? <laughs> I have absolutely, I'm telling you right now, I have absolutely no idea. This is so, so this is so specific. Yep. I don't, I don't remember, <laughs> I don't remember anything, like let alone what episodes were season finales. I'm going to have to do a shit ton of research on this. You're welcome. Thank you. Someday I'm going to make you do a list or I just come up with like the most, like I want your top 10 favorite ECW wrestlers from the nineties. Not a problem. Never mind. You have no idea what ECW is. Okay. You got me excited there for a second. I know, but it's fun. Okay. But you're more than welcome to come up with a list. No, I I can't because. But you have to know that the more we do this, the more specific we get. I know, I know, and I appreciate that you haven't gotten too specific yet, but sounds like episode seven, we're getting pretty damn specific, <laughs> so I'm at least glad that you gave me comedy or dramas. Yes. Oh, heavens to Murgatroyd. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Some Like It Pops List of Palooza episode six. You can find all of our episodes on broadwayworld.com, and you can now get new episodes on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at SLIP Podcast. You can follow Jen at Eponine Q, and you can find me at BWW Matt. 
Also, follow Broadway Radio on Twitter and Facebook at Broadway Radio, and subscribe to the Broadway Radio Superfeed on iTunes, Stitcher, and we've got some really exciting stuff about to happen over there, so join us, won't you? We'll be back next week with a brand new theater, superhero, and kidnapped kitten-heavy episode of Some Like It Pop. So, until then, we'll see you around the Broadway world. <laughs>